1: Excited that you are with me today. We have an amazing guest. Listen, I know you've been looking at what's been happening in the world today. You've been seeing the chaos, the confusion, and you are curious about what are the forces that are behind all of this just craziness that we have to deal with on a daily basis. All this rebellion and confusion. And my guest today has the answers to those questions i'm so excited today because i am welcoming a new york times best-selling author uh he's also just recently done a movie too so amazing things are happening for my friend jonathan Kahn, and i'm really excited to have him on today hi jonathan
0: hey great to be here
1: Well, it's wonderful to have you. I had the blessing and the honor of interviewing you a couple of times before on the Harbinger uh, book that you did, which really just rocked the world. And now you've got this new one out, The Return of the Gods. Oh my gosh, I love the title. The title doesn't just shake us to the core. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. I love your writing style. It truly was a blessing uh, to have the opportunity to read this and now, of course, to be able to share it on the Glory Road Show. So let's just get right down into it and find out about these gods and this chaos that we have in the earth today. So tell us, who are these gods, these ancient gods that seem to be ruling things from behind the scenes?
0: Well, Dennis, the return of the gods is is going right to the question you said at the beginning. What is happening? You know, you were looking at this. Even non-believers are saying, this is crazy. This is madness. What's happening to America? What's happening to our children? You know, the, what, why? It's irrational. Well, there is a mystery behind it that, and the Bible, of course, is the answer to it. The mystery goes back thousands of years ago from the scriptures, but also from the ancient tablets of Mesopotamia because what, what the, you know, we, we hear about these things called the gods and we think, okay, you know, that's fictional that, well, yeah, there's a fiction thing to it, but what if there was something real to them? The Bible actually says there is what if there was something real. And then what if they are, they are actually, there are entities and what if they returned? What if they are at work right now in our culture? What if they're the invisible agents, moving things, ch- the, behind the transformations of America, behind what's happening to our culture, our children, our politics, our entertainment, everything, you know, What, you know, what if we could identify them, the the actual gods? And what do we need to know? You know, like in order, where's it going? Where's it heading? What do we need to know to prevail? Because it's affecting everyone who's watching this. doesn't matter who you are. It's affecting you. It's affecting your family. It's affecting your world. It's affecting your job. And so we need to know. The return of the gods, I mean, it's really, it's so specific that even it's behind even Supreme Court decisions, like even the dates on which they are made is goes back to the mystery of the gods. So, first thing is, as you ask, what are the gods? What what is this? What does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says that when the nations of the world, or, or actually, even when Israel was worshiping these, these other gods, it says that behind them was something called the Shedim. And the Shedim means entities, means actually beings, spirits with will, with consciousness, you know, um, with volition. Well, then it got translated into Greek in the New Testament, and the word they used was daemonia. We get the word demonic from it. So Paul says when the when the pagans are worshipping these idols, they're actually worshipping the daemonia, the shedim, the daemoni, which is demonic, which is the, the gods, are they're actually spirits. So the first thing is, we see where the whole world was worshipping gods. I mean it's really weird. They are worshipping gods. That means they were given to the spirits. That means they were in a sense possessed civilizations. You know, possession isn't just for a person. A culture could be possessed. You know, the spirits can come in. And so there therefore the next question is what happened to all the gods? What happened to these? Well, what happened was Jesus happened. Jesus came, Messiah came. And he sent the word of God, the gospel, into the pagan world. And so the the the, the, the word of God went into the world of the gods. And the, the spirit went to the spirits. And the gospel went. And so the, that's why there's such a big, gigantic clash. That's why Christians were thrown to the lions, because of the gods. But in the end, the gospel prevailed. And the gods were basically cast out monotheism prevailed over paganism that's why we grew up in the culture we grew up in that's why western civilization is unique so what happened is you know the 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 shrines of of athena were abandoned the temples of zeus were went into ruins you know because the gods were, were over but if behind the gods are spirits then number one, what happened was actually the casting out of spirits. It was actually the greatest mass exorcism in human history. That is what makes our culture so unique. Mm. But the thing is, what happened to them? Because spirits don't die. What happened to them? Well, for the answer, and could they return? And and how would they return? Well, for the answer to that is the warning that Jesus gave. He gave a parable, and it's actually a a prophecy and a warning. He said, if a spirit departs from a man, It goes looking for a place to go, and it goes into the dry places. kind of like the background you have there. goes into the desert, dry places, but doesn't find it. So it says, I'll go back to the house, my house. I'm going to go back. It's talking about the man, but he calls it a house because he's, he's inhabiting the man, and he calls it, he says, my house. So he goes back, finds the house empty, swept, and clean, goes back and gets seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they they repossess the house, they repossess the man. And Jesus said, So the latter state is worse than the first, because now you have eight spirits repossessing the man. Now people think, okay, that's about a person. Yeah, but it's more than that. Yeah, it's a warning, you know, if you've come to God, don't ever turn back, you know, but but it's more than that. It says, He says, So it shall be with this generation, not just a person, a generation so now when you take this to its ultimate here is the warning for america and for the west for western civilization if any culture nation civilization that has been delivered by god has known the presence of god cleansed by cleansed of all those things if it ever turns away from god those spirits that were cast out of it are going to come back into it the spirits that were cast out of western civilization at the beginning of the age are going to come back to the world to the west and to america and they're going to come back to repossess it to possess it and so what we are watching right now the gods will return and so what we're watching if we were say what's been happening to america and the world for the last half century like since the, since the 60s what's been going on it's crazy this is what's been going on this is a this is a repossession This is not natural, it is a possession. And the gods or spirits are pagan spirits. So when they come back, they're coming back to a Christian civilization. So their mission is to take a Christian civilization and transform it into a pagan one. And that's exactly what's been happening to America. We are undergoing a process of paganization and repossession. And so this is what's gonna explain everything that's happening.
1: Wow, that is so intense. Sounds like we need to go through a mass exorcism all over again. Oh my goodness. Wow. I love how you've kind of wrapped that up, that the reason that the gods were cast out to begin with was the obedience of the disciples, being able to carry that word of God and being able to cast them out. And then they went to this dry and arid place and then, of course, returned back again. Now, this is the sad thing because we live in the generation in which they've really Return back and they're not hiding. I mean, isn't it true, Rabbi Jonathan, that like everything that was hidden has now come out. Right. Like it's, talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, it was hidden, yeah. but now it's just out there.
0: That's totally right. You know, it says that he, you know, Jesus said they go out in the desert, and, you know, all this stuff and they're, and they're in the fringes. You know, you still had darkness, but they're in the fringe. You had witchcraft, but it's on the fringes. You had, you had the pagan but on the fringes, but they're in the shadows. But if we open the door for them to come back, then they're going to come out of the shadows, out of the fringes, and they're going to come into the culture and then into the mainstream. And they're going to they're going to and then become the establishment of the culture. So that's how it starts. And when you look, when America started started opening the door, it was the 1960s, early 60s. We say, you know what? Let's just take God out of the school. Let's take, let's take prayer out of the school. Let's then then the next thing was let's take the word out of the school. So this is how it begins. You know, little thing, we're just taking away. Well, no, no, not a little thing. Number one, you're you're opening the door. You're beginning to empty yourself of God. If you empty yourself of God, the warning from Jesus is that the house will not stay empty. Something else will come in. And so when you look, we took God away from the children and away from the school. Now look at what has come into the school and into the children. That, you you know, if we had realized what we were doing back then, you, we could have predicted all this now. So here it is, early 60s. Now, now which gods? When I looked, I saw that when Israel turned away from God, there were specific gods that were part of its turning away that were actually possessed it. And that, I call it the dark trinity. There are three main ones. The first one is called the possessor. The second one's called the enchantress. And the third is called the destroyer. The first one, the possessor, that's what his name means in Hebrew. Baal, we know him as Baal. But it means the possessor. It means the owner, the Lord, the master. Well, as soon as we empty ourselves of God, this spirit starts coming in just like he came into Israel. And look, what did Baal do in ancient times to Israel? Well, number one, the Bible says that he made Israel forget God. Number two, made Israel turn away from the commandments of God. And number three, started driving God out. Remember, Je- Jezebel and Ahab started driving God out of everything. Well, that same spirit, starting with the early 60s, you can actually cut it with a knife. We we all know that spirit. Started driving God out of everything, everything, pub- the public square, out of, you know, look back at America before that. The the, the big movies were Ben-Hur, you know, uh, the, the Ten Commandments, Quo Vadis, you know what? Well, that's got, you know, teachers were actually leading are the children of the nation in the Lord's prayer in school okay so now this has come so the the spirit of the possessor has made america forget god and forget that it ever knew god we can hardly imagine that other america and that other america would be would be horrified to know about this america so that's how how well it's been and and it says he caused israel to strike to turn away from the commandments literally this spirit has actually caused america us To literally strike down the 10 commandments in our public squares. But what begins is a process of paganization. Now, this has affected us in all sorts of ways that we don't even realize. For instance, in pagan, you know, in, in monotheistic culture, you got one God, one truth. But in pagan culture, you have many gods, many truths. So now we have this thing in our culture that everybody has their own authentic truth. So therefore, if a man says I'm a tree, well, he's a tree. If a woman says she's not a she, she's a they. She's a they. That means there's no truth. But also, also, you know, here's let me tell you another way. Wokeism. So you know, wokeism comes from all this. You know, in the Bible, it says that when they turn away from God, they worship the works of their own hands, their idols, right? So now, when Paul on Mars Hill speaks of the pagan world worshiping idols, they said he said he uses the word techne techne. We get the word technology. Tech. So literally we have built a technology. What it means is that if we turn away from God, technology, it doesn't mean it's bad. But when you turn away from God, you're going to worship your technology. So we are literally worshiping. We are literally addicted to the computer. We are literally, you know, and it says, it says that they, as they did it, they became like their idol. So literally people are addicted this generation. That's becoming less and less human, more like a computer. We're not relating to people, you know. So it's it's like amazing. And I'll give you another one. Another one is in paganism, the line between man and animal is merged, all those images of half man, half animal. Well, well, what have we done? We don't do it through clay or images. We've actually joined together the genetic code of man and animal. This is this is this is paganism taken to that level. Let me give you another one. You know, the I put in the in the return of the gods. That is what was the sign of Baal? The sign of Baal was a bull, a molten bull. Well, all over Israel were molten bulls. Now, now now this is a sign from God. Could this sign appear in America? It already has. Go to New York City, around where the harbages are. Go, you will see a massive molten bronze bull. The sign of Baal. Now they didn't know it, they had no idea, but it's got it's the mystery. And so this is a sign in the Bible of a nation that's turned from God, that knew God, turned away from God, and now has given itself to the gods. You know, I won't go into detail because we have a, a lot, but I will just say this. There's another sign I put in the book, but actually where they actually unveiled it in New York City, which is actually an object. A mystery object linked to the temple of Baal itself. The the, the leaders of New York City actually took part in the ceremony. I was there, I witnessed it, and literally it was it was a sign of, of, of a nation given over to this other god. So there's much, much more we can only touch on it, but I, if we can, I'll go to the next uh of the dark trinity. This is a she. This is called the enchantress. Um in the book. she was the wife of Baal, and, and, and in, in Canaanite mythology. But she's all over. In the Bible, she is called Ashtora. It says Baal and Ashtora. Ashtora, but she was all over. If you went to Babylon, she was called Ishtar. If you went to Greece, she was called Aphrodite. But this is an ancient dark deity uh, or dark trinity. So here's the thing. What was she? She was the goddess of sexual immorality, sexual uh, abandon. Uh, She was also a a harlot, prostitute goddess. So think about it. What would happen? if she came to America. Now, listen, Baal is kind of like that first spirit who comes to the house and says, good, I'm going to bring my friends. Well, in the Bible, it's always Baal first and then Ashtoreth. So so you have the turning away from God, being in the 60s. Then what happens? What would you expect to happen? You'd You'd expect a transformation in the realm of sexuality. That's exactly what happens. So then you have, we have the sexual revolution. What is that? It's paganism. It's overturning biblical values with pagan values concerning sexuality. Her job is to seduce a nation, seduce a culture, and and through the realm of sexuality, paganize it. So we've got it. What does a a prostitute do? Takes sex out of marriage and puts it into the culture, into the marketplace. Well, what happened to America? She took sex out of marriage and she sexualized the culture. And so that's what a prostitute does. In fact, in fact, Candace, in ancient times, you know, they had they had hymns to her, praising her for being a sacred prostitute. Well, in Greece, when they used the word in, for prostitute, their word for prostitute was just her was the word "porné," which we get pornography. The first pornography in the world comes from this goddess. So she explodes pornography, seduces a nation, and notice at the same time, what does a prostitute do? weakens marriage she weakens marriage at the same moment and so marriage starts weakening and starts being destroyed broken families this all happens at the same time by the way there's so much i won't go into it but i'll just mention i put it in the return of the gods but she's also the goddess of the occult and so at the same moment of the 60s sexual revolution comes a revival of the occult she's a sorceress but there's so much more let me let me go to that i'm just trying to try to give you the, the most i could give you to go, then, then the third one of the dark trinity is called the destroyer. Okay, the destroyer is was the was the principality that caused parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. This is total paganism. They, this was this was not rare. This happened throughout the pagan world. But the thing is, this you know what ended it, Candace? The gospel, Jesus did. That shows you how real and how right our God is. He's the one who ended child sacrifice. But the warning is: if we ever turn away from God, the spirits are coming back, including this one. This one, so Moloch, the destroyer, comes to America like clockwork. First, you have the, the you have the you have the possessor, then you have the enchantress, s- sexual revolution, and then all we have we return to the most pagan act, offering up our own children, abortion. And you know, Jesus said, when they come back, they come back worse. And so, you know, you know, Israel offered up thousands of children. We have offered up over 60 million. They come back worse. And the thing is, you know, the gods always end up with destruction. And the gods are also always come after the children. And the, and the other thing is, I won't go into it, but in the book, in The Return of the Gods, I show that that when you look at the actual rituals of ancient child sacrifice, they're actually being repeated in a modern form in our culture right now. Okay, but now, and I, and I haven't let you talk, but now there's a whole nother realm A whole other realm, and that is the realm of the Transformer, and that has to do with gender and everything we're dealing with right now. Oh,
1: man. Mm-hmm wow oh there's so much there. so talk to us a little bit about this transformer because i want people to know from a from a natural standpoint what what because your whole book is about how do you take what we see in the natural and understand what's happening as we pull the veil back what's happening behind the scenes in the spirit realm so share with us about the transformer
0: yeah yeah the enchantress remember that she's number two that she actually had another side weird strange side I I looked in the ancient inscriptions from Mesopotamia, I put it in the book, and it says that she says, I am a woman, I am a man. She says, it says in one of her hymns, it says, you have the power, you turn a man into a woman, and a woman into a man. She's the goddess, she's the principality that blends, blurs the lines of gender uh, between man and woman, male and female, boy and girl. She replaces one for the other. She confuses the two, merges the two together. And so what would we now expect to happen? What we'd expect to happen is exactly what we're dealing with right now. What would happen is we'd expect a spirit to come into our culture that will start blurring the lines of gender, male and female, it's happening. Would start, de- she, she would defeminize women. She would masculinize, she would masculinize them. She would, she would, she would feminize men. She would, she, she would rage against male hated men, hated, you know, she would try to separate men and women, and she'd try to have one replace the other and turn into the other. So, you know, interesting, you know, Candace, you know, she actually, her priest, her ancient priesthood would would walk through her temples, men dressed up as women. And so they're back. When you see this return in the culture, it's a sign that they're back. But now, see, you know, remember, Jesus said they come back worse. She possessed a priesthood to do this. She had the men dressed as women. But now she's trying to, she's attempting to possess an entire generation of children. So it tells you what's going on. And not only that, but she didn't just have them dress up that way. But she also literally had a number of her priests surgically transitioned transitioned and so she's the goddess who literally in fact i found an ancient inscription which shows the transitioned uh men of the of, of this goddess dancing before the goddess uh hold dancing with scalpels as if to celebrate their surgery now she's seeking to do it to children and you might say you know people say even non-believers say what would possess an adult or a teacher to actually surgically alter mutilate a child this spirit would possess them let me go even farther now. I mean, this is like let me go farther. This has taken over our culture. You know that, Candice. This was the goddess of parades. So she, so she would. And you know, and I, I, I have the descriptions of her parades. She would have men dressed as women parading through the city streets. She would have women dressed as men parading through the streets, the streets of the city. The, the parades would be filled with colors and would be filled with sexual licentiousness and the bending of gender. You know, also what Candice. She, would, she, she had one month of the year that she would especially possess, and that month is actually identified by Saint Jerome as, in Latin, Iunium or June. June, the month of June. She is the goddess of pride, and so you have a whole month now. You know what else? I'm, I'm going real quick because you understand I can just give a taste of it, but I want it, I want you to get the, the key things. So the other thing is there was a sign that actually was attached to this goddess of altered sexuality. You know what it was? The rainbow, the rainbow. That's why the rainbow spreading all over the world. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's crazy, but it's all over. It's the mark of her possession. Not only that, not only that, let me, let me tell you one more thing with this. And that is that, that, there was this particular time within June that she that she was most intense, and that's the last days of June, uh, around the time of the summer solstice. Well, you know, remember the, the, the Supreme Court has made key decisions that have altered sexuality and altered marriage. The big one was the marriage, you know, at the end. Well, every one of those decisions, three of them, every one of them happened in June, the month of the goddess, happened in the last days of June, the time of the goddess. Each one happened on June 26th, the same exact day, which is linked to the mystery of this, and I'll give you one more thing. Remember the day when marriage was overturned, and, and at night the White House was lit up in a rainbow, and it was like the God is saying, "Now I have you. Now, now I have the White House. Now I have the nation." Okay. Well, well, the day that that happened was well, the night that that night was the tenth of Tammuz. The tenth of Tammuz. I, you know. Now that was the that was the that was the time that the Supreme Court said marriage could now between a man and a man. I looked at the ancient Babylonian inscription that says that the 10th of Tammuz is appointed to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man.
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. Now, but, yeah. Mm. go ahead. Now, now, now,
0: this is now also this, this affects, there's so much, I can only give you a taste of the return of the gods, but there's so much, but this affects everybody watching. Everybody's dealing with it in some way. And the thing is, you know, now think about this. I'll just give you this. When the gods return or the spirits return, they come back with a vengeance. They were cast out by Christians. They were cast out by the word of God, by the gospel. So they have their focus on Christians to marginalize them, to do what what was done to them, to cast them out of the culture, to cast out the word of God. And ultimately they all seek dominion. They, They, you know, it's not at the beginning, it's tolerance. Hey, you know, everything, anything goes. That's just to get into the door of a Christian country. But now, once they get in the door, now it's every knee shall bow. So they're seeking they're seeking every knee to bow down. So let me just, let me give you, because I want to get to hope and I want to get to, I want to get to what do we do? There's so much, guys. Yeah. But, you know, but but also, by the way, I'm praying that people don't just get the return of the gods for themselves, but they get it for people in their lives because there's, everybody has people in their lives, you know, deep into these things. So the thing is, one is that, remember something, the last part of the book of the return of the gods is called The Other God we have the true God. Now, God is more powerful. You you alluded to at the beginning. We, the first disciples, we have that power. They had the power to cast out. We still have that power. You know, so why are we letting this come in? You know, and the other thing is that, that you know, if the people of God were the light and the salt we were supposed to be to America, it could never have gotten like this. So the thing is that God, they, it, it begins with us. You know, remember, you know, Gideon was a A great hero, and he 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 overcame the Midianites who were worshippers of Baal, it was spiritual. But before he could do that, he had to do something, he had to deal with Baal in his own life, he had to break the altar of Baal back So the thing is, if you're gonna be strong in the in this world, if you're gonna do good, you're gonna be a light. First, deal with the altar in your own life. If there's anything in your life that you're still doing that's not of God, that's giving a stronghold for these principalities, whether it's pornography, whether it's anything, doesn't matter what it is, get it out. Ask for the God, the power, break that altar. Break that altar. Okay, number one. Number two, you know, we're not the first ones to deal with the gods. You know, everybody in the Bible. You know, Moses dealt with the gods of Egypt. Elijah dealt with the gods of Canaan. You know, you know, Paul dealt with the gods of Rome. You know, where we all You know, the fact is, we have to stand. You know, if the world is going back to where it was in pagan times, in that sense, then we have to go back to the beginning too. We have to go back to the Book of Acts. We have the power. You know, you know. Let me tell you something, Candice. I don't always share this, and that is that when I was working on the Return of the Gods. There was a one of my associate pastors up here in Beth Israel in, in New Jersey. Uh, he didn't know what he didn't know what I was writing, and he he woke up with like a vision and a word, and he said, "I got to tell you, Jonathan. I don't know." He said, "I saw you bringing forth a word, and there were all these altars of these gods all around. And when you brought forth the word, the altars started cracking open, and spirits started coming out of them, started departing. Wow. Well, you know what? You know, Kenneth. The day that I finished, you know, the greatest altar we have is." is the i mean the, the, the greatest i mean i mean the most brazen altar is the altar of abortion we're literally offering up children the day i finished the return of the gods was june 24th that day the altar of abortion began to break to crack that was the day it, it, the supreme court so i believe god is giving us a sign listen you know in the bible the sign of revival wasn't a gospel tent meeting which is great but it was a broken altar they would break the altars. There still could be revival, but it's got to begin with us. You know, we have what you know. We pray for revival. We got to do it as never before, but actually start living in revival, and the revival will begin. You know, if my people turn from their ways. And the other thing is, listen, Candace, what's the most exciting part of a movie? The last fifteen minutes. So listen, <laughs> what's the most exciting? God has put us in the last fifteen minutes. It's exciting. So these are the time that produces greatness. You know, the graves are disappearing for those who will st- if you'll stand for God. You'll go all out. You will be great. Your life will be great. You'll be transformed. The light will shine. The dark is getting darker. The lights will shine even brighter because the candle in the daytime, you know, it's okay. But the candle at night, it lights up the world.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That is so powerful. And, you know, I know, Rabbi Jonathan, there are people that are watching right now. They're not only thinking about themselves, but they are thinking about Friends, family members, and they're seeing deliverance in their eyes because you've brought forth so much truth that was hidden. And, you know, we see it. It's like, you know, everyone knows there's something wrong, but they don't necessarily know what's making it wrong. And so I just, I really feel like we just went into a portal of deliverance right right, right now. And so I want you to pray for people yeah. to really come into that space and place of not only cognitive recognition of what's going on, spiritually recognizing, but repenting. I mean, can you walk them yeah. through a process of repentance? Because maybe some yeah. people right now are going, you know what, I am involved in this and this and this. Yeah. And And maybe I didn't even know that it was wrong for one reason or another, but but now I know that it is. And so let's just bring some freedom to some people. So I'm gonna turn it back to you for that.
0: Yeah, let's do this. Listen, at home, you know who you are. Listen, this is your moment. Just pray with me, okay? Just pray after this. Repeat after me, Lord God, I come to you now, and Lord, I turn away from that darkness. I turn away from that sin. I turn away from that thing, Lord. I don't want it in my life anymore. Lord, uh, Lord, but I need your power to do this. So, Lord, I ask the power of the Spirit, your Spirit, which is more powerful than that sin and that bondage, I ask, Lord, that you break that altar, Father. Break it down, Lord, and I, I'm going to put it away. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to lock the door and throw away the key. This is gone. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with the Spirit of cleansing, Father. I turn to you, Lord. I turn to you in the name of Yeshua, Jesus. And I ask, Lord, Lord, Cleanse me completely, empower me, Lord. Make me new, Lord, that I can be your vessel, Lord. And Lord, I ask, give me the power to bring freedom to others in my life. And Lord, I pray we pray right now together for this nation, Lord. Let there be revival, Father. Cast out the spirits. Let there be revival among the children. Let there be revival among the heartland. Lord, let there be revival in the cities, in the government. Have your way. Do great and mighty things we know not of. But the power of Messiah, bring deliverance, freedom, Father, and be Be glorified in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, Or HaOlam, the light of the world. Amen.
1: Glory. Hallelujah. Ooh, I felt that fire. Somebody was getting delivered. That's for sure. If that's you, I want you to reach out to us and let us know that you prayed that prayer and that you're ready to recommit to the Lord, march forward. Maybe it's your first time receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let us know about that. Now, Ramai, Jonathan, you have another way for people to get in touch with you other than the um, website that's underneath your name right now. Can you share with the, the viewers how they can reach you?
0: Yeah, yeah. First, first for The Return of the Gods, you can get it everywhere. I mean, wherever there are books, Amazon, uh, online, offline, you know, and books by John the God, everywhere. But get it not just for yourself, get it for people in your life as well, okay? Um, and then to get in touch with, we have free gifts and we have uh, free prophetic updates. All, Oh, you'll be very blessed. Just the, the ministry is Hope of the World. So just remember, it's hopeoftheworld.org. If you go there, right, you'll get everything free uh, and you'll be blessed. So it's hopeoftheworld.org.
1: Ooh, awesome. Okay, I want you guys to reach out to Rabbi Jonathan. This is this has been a powerful broadcast. It really, really has. I know it's opened up so many eyes. I, I just see in the spirit realm all the veils falling off of people's eyes. And, and listen, I'm telling you folks, you got to get a copy of this book, uh, Return of the Gods. It's really going to just give you a much greater understanding. Sometimes we can't fight the demons in our life because we can't see them very well. But this thing helps you see them. So that you're able to cast them out and then move into the hope and future that God has for you. So I, w- I want to make sure you get a copy of this. Now, uh, Rabbi Jonathan, before we go, you also have a brand new movie that's been out. It was yeah. was on Fathom uh, Events, but now people can find it in DVD. Will you show that to the folks and let them know?
0: Yeah, this, that is. This is the. This is what was in the theater. I mean, The Harbingers of Things to Come. Um, and now it's on DVD. It's everywhere. Um, also, it's streaming. I don't know. However, you, you'll you find it. But it is. it is. Listen, I didn't do it. I'm in it. But it's powerful. I mean, I'm in it throughout it. But these guys did a tremendous job. It's very powerful. By God's grace, it was number two in America, just behind Dr. Strange. So so this is great for, for the holidays or whatever. But, you know, really, it's very powerful. I, by God's grace. It's not me. It's the Lord.
1: No, it is. But listen, you carry it so well, Rabbi Jonathan. And God has blessed you so much to be a voice in the earth today really to just quicken our hearts, quicken the army of God to get up and start fighting. I love that about you. You know, we we need to do that. We need to get up. We need to start fighting. Don't quit, folks, just because you know that the gods have come back. Listen, it's time now to be the kingdom of God and start to march forward, declare and decree, use that word of God, and we're going to see restoration. We're going to see healing. Don't give up. This is a book that helps you know we're in a fight. But listen, the end is not here yet. We are part of what God is doing in the earth today. So thank you so much, Rabbi Jonathan, for joining me today. It truly was my blessing and honor to have you on.
0: Thank you, Candice. It's always a joy. Thank you. And All keep right. up the great work.
1: Thank you. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining Dr. Candice for today's podcast. For more resources and weekly prophetic words direct in your email box, go to our website at www.candissmithyman.com. Facebook at Candace Smithyman, or Instagram at Candace Smithyman. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel.